It is March 9th, 2022, and this is the Negative Psychic Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm going to continue with uh, bands that I love. And uh, tonight's episode is The Rolling Stones. When I was about 11 years old, I stayed up late uh, to watch a TV show that was a celebration of rock and roll. Besides the Beatles, the Monkees, and Kiss, there weren't any other bands I was really interested in. I listened to the radio a lot and liked a lot of the hits of the day, and I heard other bands, but I didn't carry the way. John Ritter was the host of this program. I'm pretty sure he was anyway. Uh, for those of you who don't remember John Ritter or know who he is, or was, I should say, uh, he was the star of the television show Three's Company back in the 70s. And uh, he was a very, like, physical actor, really funny. But he was the host of this show. The show consisted of a basic history of rock and roll from Elvis onward. They showed clips of the famous singers and bands that made rock and roll great. They showed a few clips of the Beatles, which I was really looking forward to seeing that night. Then it was time to show a segment on the Rolling Stones. I had heard... I can't get no satisfaction before. My friend Randy had the 45 on London Records, by the way. I thought that it was a cool song. I had never seen them before, so I couldn't wait. I believe they showed a clip of satisfaction, but then they showed a clip that changed my life. What I saw on that TV show were the Rolling Stones in makeup playing this awesome song. I remember listening and rocking back and forth. By the final minute of the song, I was jumping around the room. I never wanted it to end. I had never heard anything like that before. I couldn't comprehend what the singer was singing, but the riff was the greatest thing I ever heard in my life. To my 11-year-old mind, this was the most perfect song ever. And when it ended, I was sad that it ended. And I was also sad because I didn't know the name of the song. Did any of this ever happen to any of you? Well, it happened to me. I had no one to ask. My parents wouldn't know. My brother was only nine, so he wouldn't know. The few friends I had at the time wouldn't know. I was in the fifth grade. How would any other fifth grader know? Since I didn't know the lyrics, how could I describe the song? I wasn't even sure I could sing the riff right. Somehow, I needed to get my hands on a Rolling Stones record and listen to every single song until I found it. <clears throat> One day, I was at the library, and I found in the record section, yes, the record section, the Rolling Stones Through the Past Darkly Big Hits Volume 2. Now, this album was shaped like a stop sign and the front cover had the picture of the Rolling Stones with their faces pushed up against a piece of clear glass so you know their noses are smushed their mouths are smushed uh, when you opened it up there were cracks in the glass and they were like holding up their hands like no no you know that sort of thing and on the back cover it was them laying on the ground. I couldn't wait to get this home and play it. 
I would find the song I hoped. I put it on my record player. And on side one, song four, there it was. Jumpin' Jack Flash. I played it over and over and over. I couldn't get enough of it. Then I thought perhaps I should listen to the rest of the album. If I loved Jumpin' Jack Flash, maybe I'd love the other songs. And I did. Paint It Black, She's a Rainbow, Dandelion, and so much more. I played that album a thousand times before I had to return it two weeks later. I was glad that I found that album. I really liked what I heard. About a year or so later, there was a television commercial for the Rolling Stones' greatest hits. I had listened... It had, excuse me, it had listed a few songs I had heard, but I didn't tell what the complete track listing was. I had to risk it. I had to own it. It didn't cost much. Somehow, I talked my mom into giving me the money. With great excitement, I took her check, put it in an envelope, and threw it in a mailbox. In those days, whenever someone sent away for something, either from a TV advertisement or the back of a comic book, magazine. I had always took, it always took about six weeks until the item reached the doorstep. It was no different in my situation. It was a really cold autumn day around my birthday when the album finally came. I was so excited when I discovered that it was a double album. It had two records in one sleeve. I was so relieved when I saw that Jumpin' Jack Flash was on the second disc. I found out much later that the track listing was basically the same as the album Hot Rocks, give or take a few songs. I listened over and over as I heard songs like Tell Me, Satisfaction, Get Off My Cloud, As Tears Go By, which I loved, The Last Time, 2,000 Light Years From Home. I could go on and on, but every song was just so fantastic. I started to read and learn more about the Rolling Stones. I took every book available on them out of the library. There wasn't many at the time, but there were a few books that were mostly a photographic history. When they were a young band, they hired a manager named Andrew Lug Oldham, who was younger than they were, but was full of ideas and they worked. They were presented as the anti-Beatles. Brian Jones started the band, and he made it clear at first that the Rolling Stones was his band. That wasn't destined to last long, and he was slowly pushed out of the leadership role as the band was becoming less of a blues band and writing original material. Brian Jones' visual image and his musical chops made him the cool stone to many, but in reality, he had a lot of issues, and the drugs only made everything worse. I thought Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were genius songwriters. I still do. Mick was and is an incredible frontman. Keith was and is a great guitarist. They had a solid rhythm section in Charlie Watts and Bill Wyman. Brian Jones could play any instrument, so he was always doing something interesting in the songs. However, Brian passed on in 1969, and a guitar player named Mick Taylor took over. He played on the last few songs on the record that I bought. He made the band sound different, but in a good way. The first time I saw a modern lineup of the Rolling Stones play, 
was on TV when they were the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. I was a bit young to stay up that late, but I didn't care. It was the weekend that I didn't have school the next day. I will never forget seeing them on Saturday Night Live. They played songs from the Some Girls album. Jagger's voice was hoarse, but the band was just so great that it didn't matter. It was also the first time I saw and heard guitarist Ron Wood. He was, and is, a perfect fit for the band. The Rolling Stones could do no wrong in my opinion. They were the only band I cared about when I was a preteen, and even going into my teens. I picked up a couple of other Rolling Stones albums during that time, and it made me love them even more. When I was a little older, even though they were never unpopular or considered old hat, their popularity got a boost thanks to albums like Emotional Rescue and Tattoo You. They also did a huge tour and made a concert film. I remember seeing this film at the theater, and I smiled through the whole thing. I love the Rolling Stones. Thanks to that program hosted by, I think, John Ritter, I discovered that there were other bands besides the Beatles who wrote great songs and made great records. There were other singers and bands on the show that night, but the Rolling Stones were the band that got to me the most. I think my obsession with them lasted two years or so before I started discovering and listening to other bands, but they will always be important to me and in my opinion, one of the best. I just wanted to say that today is my wife's birthday. And she doesn't really go on the internet much, and she doesn't listen to podcasts. But I just wanted the airwaves to hear me say happy birthday to my wife. I love her so much. Until next time, folks.